It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Happy Wednesday. The show getting released a little bit later than normal for a couple reasons. One, I filled in on the lunch break with Painter Sharpless, so that was fun. And also, I wanted the scrimmage to be done so we could talk about it and get all of that out there to you. So today, uh, I'm about to queue up a a segment of me on the lunch break today. It was Painter Sharpless and Michael Pappas on ESPN 106.7. The segment of us just kind of going through what Malzahn was saying while he was at the podium and kind of our thoughts. Spoiler, not a huge day for uh, for Auburn football as far as news, as far as release news. I'm sure they got a lot of information that, that they're not going to tell anyone, but we'll jump into that. Let's talk about what Gus is talking about. Let's talk about the talk. Cool. So, yeah, he, he's actually talking to media right now. He opened up things talking about they, they did some two-minute situations offensively and both quarterbacks rotated equally doing some two-minute drills. They did those drills with SEC officials. Malzahn talked about how important that was for young quarterbacks. I think that's important for anybody. I mean, you get, you get true quality reps. Didn't really talk about how that went. He just said that they did that. I'm kind of, kind of curious how well the offense moved the ball there. Um, he was asked about the quarterbacks, or actually I think it was just part of his opening statement. He said, quote, I think both guys at times had solid days today. You see flashes, which has kind of, kind of been the story all along, right? As far as you don't know which uh, which guy's going to be more consistent. Um, Josh Vitale tweets a uh, Malzahn quote: "Anytime you scrimmage, it's going to give you great information." But sitting here today, I can't tell you any more than I did last time. And then Justin Lee tweets: "JJ, uh, this is a Malzahn quote. JJ Wilson is a guy that stood out so far, just wanting the ball and attacking the ball." He also said Zach Farrar is the same. So there's your uh, Zach Farrar. Uh, I know, Painter, that's a guy that you mentioned uh, in the first segment. J.J. Wilson talking about wanting the ball and attacking the football. Is that, uh, is that interesting at all to you guys? <laughs> Getting after it. He's a football player flying around. I am fascinated to see, though, uh, how productive he can be because a lot of what J.J. Wilson, his value to Auburn, like may never show up much in the stat category. Like it's going to – can he fill in to some extent and do some things – perhaps like Chandler Cox was able yeah. to very effectively do. I'd, I'm fascinated to see what he – it's just such an important position that is often overlooked. Painter, do you want a Gus Malzahn quote on your favorite player, Seth Williams? Yeah, of course. Malzahn said wide receiver Seth Williams has done well this week, and the staff is, quote, moving him around to different spots at receiver. I wonder sometimes, too, like with a guy as talented as that, you know, and he was limited last week, it's just a – his, you know, being consistent in practice, like we know he, he showed up as a freshman in games. And so I'm curious to see him do that with consistency. And as he's now a sophomore and working his way, I mean, maybe the leading receiver this year, we'll see. Um, I certainly am, am highest among among him of all the receivers, but mm-hmm. uh, I'd, I'd like to see him if, if that's what happens and he ascends to become a very important player on the team, you know, take on a leadership role. Uh, Michael, what do you think is more likely? Painter having a picture of Seth Williams in his home <laughs> or me having a picture of Noah Igmanogany in, in my home? I feel like it would be Sean Shivers, by the way. 
I think it's more likely that you would have a picture of Noah Igbenogany. Okay, but I still think you'd have one of Sean Shiversack. We'll see. <laughs> Could it be been, both? You haven't been over to the house yet. So. That's fair. That's true. All right, uh, Nathan King, he's an FOP. He tweets, Gus Malzahn says, freshman tight end Tyler Fromm has been useful, a useful tool for the offense, moving from tight end to H-back and even playing some receiver. So that's interesting. And Justin adding... Unless you already read this, and I apologize if you didn't. Quote, um, first game, who are we going to trust? Ball security has been Malzahn's biggest point. So the, the point in the context of that is saying all the running backs participated and there was only one fumble. It was recovered. But again, uh, ball security, always a concern. And at running back where they seem to have a plethora of options, I think that could be one of the factors they're looking for most. Who's going to hold on to the ball, albeit – uh, Zach, I think that, you know, we maybe disagree is the wrong word here, but I'm perhaps just higher on Booby Whitlow than you are. Is that still the case? I think you could say it's a disagreement. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, he's being talked about like he's a top tier SEC back and I'm skeptical. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think that we've truly seen a healthy Booby Whitlow. So that's definitely the argument for him. Mm-hmm. And in this situation with five offensive linemen coming back, you got a veteran group up front. I mean, all things are, are, are kind of in place for him to have a breakout year. So we'll see. I mean, he, if he lives up to, to the hype that a lot of Auburn fans are really excited about Booby Whitlow, I mean, this is a guy that could end up leading the, uh, the conference in rushing, you know, and I think Booby Whitlow could be a big part of that. Right, and, and to my point in talking about the, the fumble and, and ball security regardless, like I, I'm just – I don't think it affects too much of the guy as long as he's healthy. Like you say, he's going to lead, I think, in terms of touches in that backfield, although it may not be as skewed as we saw perhaps in that 2017 season with on Johnson. What else do we have, Zach? Painter, you and I have talked about this before, kind of one – and Michael, you did as well when you came on the Locked on Auburn podcast. One of the questions I asked you, both of nice you guys – Nice plug. Uh, was uh, – was, Appreciate it. Was, who do you think the number two wide receiver is going to be to Seth Williams? It looks like we uh, finally have our answer here. And uh, Matthew Hill getting most of the first, uh, most of the reps with the first team offense. Malzahn said, quote, he's really taken that next step. And so, that doesn't surprise me. Does it yeah. surprise you? I mean, the way we heard no. about him in the spring, what he happened to do in A-Day, which we generally on this show kind of add the disclaimer of don't put too much weight in that game. But you did get to see some of it at A-Day. Um, a guy that a lot of people I think thought would have more of the role of Seth Williams last year mm-hmm. and play as a freshman, and that didn't really happen. And so now I right. think it is time for both of them to play and have a, have effective seasons. And especially with Schwartz going down, right? It's like, okay, who's going to be who's going to be that guy that you're able to use attacking downfield? A lot of people really like Hastings. A lot of people really like Stove, but. As far as that lethal threat where defenses have to kind of keep an eye on where you are, it, it really seems like it's going to be Matthew Hill. I mean, really, we haven't heard anything but very positive things about Matthew Hill when we talk to guys um, that, that, that know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I, think that's, um, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for sure. I have an unrelated question really fast. And uh, times like these, when uh, the guys are in press conferences and, and – you know, you guys have both been in them before, and, and you know, I guess I know most of these beat writers. Uh, do you ever think about them all sitting in the room and and, and tweeting as if Gus like says a quote and then is like, "All right, go," and then it's just like a race to see who can get it out first? Yes, yes, I think about that all the time. Actually, that, that, 
that's how like while i'm going through all these tweets like like we are right now that's what i imagine them sitting in the room just trying to type as quickly as possible yeah. without any typos and having to hit backspace <laughs> exactly trying to get it out you're right trying to uh to make that happen also um justin adding speaking of wide receivers that seth williams has quote done well this week and added that he was also limited in today's scrimmage but worked in two-minute situations, has not been 100% throughout camp this fall. So Auburn deep at wide receiver, trying to figure things out at a particular spot where Zach Farrar is. But with the the caution they're taking with Eli Stove, with Schwartz's injury and surgery that was reported, with Seth Williams being limited, um, Auburn does, I think, have plenty of options at wide receiver, but does want to be healthy in a few weeks. And is, is it time to be concerned? I'm going to say no. Uh, it seems like they're, they're more than anything just being cautious with a few weeks to go before the season. Definitely, and that's that's where you want to be right now, right? I mean, we we as you know media members want to see people be cautious. No one no one ever likes to see anyone get hurt, and and especially no one likes to see anyone you know stay hurt. And the guy that's, so. that they're being super cautious with, in particular, like Stove, like Williams. Yeah. You know, to a different extent because the injury was more serious. Schwartz, it's like you also kind of have an idea of what they offer. Zach, anything else step out or, or jump out at you? No, yeah, I, I want to get y'all's opinion on, on something though. I mean, it's very clear that he's not going to say anything more about the quarterback battle today. Do you think he knows? And it's just, it's not his time. It's not the right time to say it. Do you guys think he knows who's going to be the starter at this point? It's my opinion he's leaning in a direction, and it would probably take a lot to shift that at this point. But I was telling Michael before you jumped in here that I think sometime, probably between like this next Monday and next Thursday, we'll get an answer. But I, uh, I, I would assume by now he's got a leader in his head. Yeah. I think he knows, and he's trying to collect as much data to prove himself correct as possible before he, you know, makes it official. That that would be my guess because you I also know. wonder if it's as evident to the rest of the team, and if one of those guys or both of those guys, like what the dynamic of the the leadership of that position is like, and if there's still time of developing sort of the moxie of being the guy even before it's named. It's like you need to earn that. You need to make people believe that you are in fact the leader. That way, when we give you the job, it's already instilled. Yeah, I have a hard time buying the fact that it's not obvious to those on the team, right? I mean, one guy has to be just significantly better, noticeably better, right? What if he's not? I mean, that's... Or maybe maybe inconsistency is kind of the big thing, is like one day Joey's noticeably better than the next day Bo's noticeably better? Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you, but I I feel like so many of the reports that that we've heard have been that they're all saying, like, they're, like, some, one guy looks significantly better at some things, and other guys look significantly better at other things. They let the media talk to Booby Whitlow. Stop. Yes. 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 Looks like his first uh, his, his first quote was "RBU is back." That's all I've got to say. I hope he. I hope that was it, and he walks away. <laughs> Mike, <Trump. laughs> that's it. Just I ref- you know he is a good quote though, and he's fun. Uh, with I'm uh, genuinely excited. Yeah, I'm glad that we're gonna have that. Yeah, like I said, not a not a whole lot of stuff there, but still fun fun chatter, and just the fact that we're a few weeks away is exciting. 
Uh, we're, we're, I'm going to take some of your questions in a second, but first, fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Liar and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else taking the same advice. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football is available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Answered some of the questions that you tweeted at me at Z Blackerby on the lunch break earlier today as well. Here is that. Once again, I'm chatting with Michael Pappas and Painter Sharples of ESPN 106.7. Let's go football. We're in a good, we're in a football feeling mood, I think. All right. If you remember this time a year ago, I was extremely hard on Daniel Thomas. Sure. Uh, so uh, Jake asks. Who will be this year's Daniel Thomas from last year, a.k.a. the player you're not high on, but is going to make you eat crow? Hmm. The only person I can think of for you specifically yep, you, is, is a bo- running back. Yep, it is Booby Willow. That is that is my answer. And you don't think he's bad. I just think that I you think... I think he's fine, and I think he, he's in a great situation. And But if he if, if he's as talented as you know everyone around him believes he can be and, you know, and is able to stay healthy, I mean, you're talking about one of the more dynamic players in the SEC. So I think that's kind of it. Because I've, I've just been hard on Booby Whitlow uh, for the past two seasons. So we'll, we'll see with that. I think that's my answer. Do you, do you guys have a guy that you're not high on that could totally prove you wrong this year? I have to think about it. Because off the top of my head, there isn't a guy that I've been knocking that I, that I think, you know. You're has... not high on Seth Williams. Exactly. I mean, that guy, no good at all. No good. <laughs> what, what about you, Mike? Michael? Um, I don't know. Mikey P.? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> Darius Slayton. Well, in the NFL, that's interesting. We can talk about that for a moment. It's the end of the show. Um, I'm just not high on him, and I, I guess got a lot of questions. Me wrong. Yeah, to another one. Yeah, let's go to another one. I don't really. Ha- I feel like I'm not that low on anybody. All right, here we go. War Eagle One tweets at Z Blackerby. Besides Owen Papo, what true freshman will have an impact on defense? Well, you know, you brought up a guy, Jaron Handy. Yeah, yeah earlier in the and and like there's usually a defensive lineman that gets in that rotation. So not yeah. like there's opportunity there because of the way that that unit plays. Um, you know, so in terms of freshmen, I guess if if you're not looking at one of the quarterbacks, I think that someone along the defensive line 
is a, is a good choice. I'm really curious to see. He came in late, um, and I don't know how he'll factor into the receiving core, but he was electric in high school, Javarius Johnson. Um, or Matthew Hill is a redshirt freshman. I mean, right. it looks like he's going to get some, some – I mean, he was the – with the highest touted recruit coming in for that class. And then Seth Williams was the one who surprised people. Now the question was on defense guys. The question was on defense. Yeah. I just feel like the defense is really kind of set. I don't really see anyone. Any, no any freshman. Pieces. Man, I'm bad at I paying mean, attention. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's not a big deal. I was just, maybe it's a, it's a fair point. <laughs> maybe at cornerback, but I can't even think of anyone. That it could be this, both. Yeah, it's just so hard to crack this rotation right now, and it seems yeah. like Handy is the only one where we're actually hearing chatter about that happening. Right. Well, when I look at the the secondary, you know, now you've got a number of players who've at least played one season or more, so there's experience yeah. littered throughout the secondary. Um, the linebacker core outside of Papo, who he mentioned in that tweet, same thing. Um, even though they haven't started, so I think it almost certainly has to be along the line and. I think we all now kind of turn to a guy like Handy who has turned heads, but uh, you, you wonder about health and also, I, you know, I think it just makes sense because of the way they rotate. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's a good position group for that to happen. We want another one? Why not? Okay. Adam Harris tweets, at C. Blackerby, who accounts for more points against Oregon, Gatewood slash Knicks or Anders Carlson? Anders Carlson. Usually I'm going to go with the, with the kicker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to typically roll with the kicker. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Anders Carlson. I think it's going to be the quarterback. Okay. I, I think they're going to have I, – I think Auburn's going to be able to put up points against Oregon. I think it's more likely that Auburn scores three rushing touchdowns and Anders Carlson gets – But I think Joey starts, three though, to nothing. and I think Joey gets a rushing touchdown. Yeah, okay. And that would be six for Joey and one for Anders. If he gets, just, if he gets a rushing and a passing, yeah, then it's like I, 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 I don't think the bookstore is going to score 12. Right. Yeah, I'm going yeah. with the conservative answer here in the in the kicker. I, I think it's more likely that the rushing attack performs really, really well than one of the quarterbacks comes out and throws two touchdowns, I guess. Um, I don't know. Do we want another one? Yeah. Sure, before we get Let's into what's on All the right. night, I'm enjoying this game, maybe D, more than anyone else. D. Woods tweets, Hi, Zach, exclamation mark. Loving when people are excited to see hey. you. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Should Tega's knee be a bigger issue than is being portrayed or reported? Who will fill in at left tackle? Yeah, my general consensus is don't think about people's knees because I think that the more that you think or talk about them, you will will the injury into existence. But, I mean, it, it is a big deal, though. They like, have essentially, I mean, like whether you're looking at Bailey Sharp or, or like Brahms. I, like I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> yes. I, I mean. We're answering in, the question, In man. terms of depth, there is a real question mark because they felt really good about Troxel as the backup, and that obviously is no longer an option. And so there are some other options there that the coaches know about, but none that we have seen reliably in a game scenario. So I think it is – it is a concern, and, and not just for Tega, although obviously his upside and his talent and playing the particular position he does yeah. is the one with the most emphasis. Right. One of the topics of the Locked on Auburn podcast for the past few weeks, and I'm sure it was one nice of you plug. guys, I don't remember, but uh, it was who's the most important player on each side of the football. And mm-hmm. my answer was Prince Tega's the most important player on the team as far as he has to stay healthy for Auburn to have success. I mean, he is... He is extremely vital for this Auburn offense. I can't disagree when you looked at yeah. the way that the offensive line was last year and he 
and um, Harrell were, you know, kind of lone bright spots. Um, Is it Harrell or Harrell? That's a real question. I've said both. I've heard both. I've yeah. said both. Okay. So I'd say Harold, but I don't. It'd know. be nice to just ask him, um, and then we could sort of, you know, and like it's not as if we couldn't. So I'm what not if sure he was why asked we twice, and one time he said Harold, and then the second time he said Harrell. The only bigger troll job would be putting one quarterback out there f- to start for all of the reps except one, and then going with the other one. So I think that would be unnecessarily manipulative. But uh, I don't know to answer your question, Michael, because I do both. Do you want another question, or do we want to do what's on tonight? One more. Let's get into what's on the night, Michael. I appreciate okay. your enthusiasm, but we are running low on time. It's been a good show. We've heard from Gus Malzahn and Booby Whitlow. Um, we've talked more about this quarterback competition. Had a lot of great calls today, too. Very passionate. Let's do one more, Richard, real quick, because okay. I think you'll appreciate this, Painter. Um does that dude still live in the teepee between the, between, <laughs> behind the bag man's house? That's wild, man. As far as I'm aware, he has not uh, changed his primary domicile. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I think you guys discussed this, what, last Thursday while I was at the press conference? Is that right, or was this a, a Did different? Did we talk about it on the lunch or break, was, no, Maybe it was talked about on the uh, – just on the – I think it was just on the – just on the uh, podcast, but there is someone that uh, that does live at a TP with solar panels. It is and amazing, it's, and it's in Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, in his backyard. I got a few more questions that we didn't get to, and we will touch on that later in the week. Quickly, uh, the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows in all NFL podcasts, or excuse me, among all NFL podcasts, with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt, Matt Williamson. And host Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL on your favorite podcast provider. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I'm going to wrap up today's show with audio from Gus Malzahn. Uh, You know, we kind of recapped and read some of that, but want to make sure you hear everything that he had to say because he knows more about this team <laughs> than any anybody else does. Believe it or not, what some fans may doubt that, which is kind of funny. Okay, all right. Uh, completed our second uh, scrimmage today. Um, really starting out the day, we, uh, we went live, field goal, field goal block. Um, you know, really just trying to develop some depth on the offensive line, you know, for, for, for field goal protection. And really, just tried to uh, you know pick up where we left off. You know, uh, we did a great job defensively blocking kicks last year, so that was an emphasis at the very first of practice. Um, then we did some uh, special teams work, uh, punt punt return. Uh, did some live reps with that. It's really good for our punt returners. You know, the three same three guys uh, rotated. Um, you know, really just looking at it from the scrimmage. I don't think there's a whole lot of separation from the different things. And then we did a couple sky kicks. Uh, course that's been a point of emphasis for us uh we were average uh last year uh at executing sky kicks and it was good for our returners to get back on the 10 yard line have to make decisions uh and all that then we uh, uh we went ahead and went uh some two minute situations um 
you know, I think we've went eight two-minute situations in the last two days with SEC officials. It's always really good to, to execute that. You know, it helps helps our young quarterbacks, you know, learn what the expectations are and put them in as many situations uh, as possible, you know, to try to get them game ready too. Uh, both quarterbacks, uh, you know, rotated uh, equally the last two days with a two-minute. And, and I think, you know, obviously it's great for our defense in those situations too. After that, uh, we put the ball down. It was a real similar scrimmage to what it was. Um, the uh, the last uh, scrimmage, about the same number of plays with the ones, twos, and threes. Quarterbacks rotated equally. There was a little bit more of an emphasis on throwing the ball. Um, this this uh, scrimmage usually is. Uh, that's by design. Um, you know, our, our receivers, uh, you know, were a little inconsistent. We had a couple big drops that really would have really kept drives alive and probably put some points on the board as far as that goes. The offense overall uh, really rebounded. Uh, you know, we're starting to look like an Auburn offense. If we get uh, just the inconsistencies uh, with a few drops, I think we'd have felt a little, little bit better uh, about that. But uh, overall, it was, uh, it was a really good day. It was hot uh, the last three days. It's been extremely hot. Really feel like our guys have uh, have battled through and uh, pushed themselves through, not feeling sorry for themselves, and you know that's really encouraging. We're building the character of our team right now, and uh, so really feel good from that standpoint, just from uh, uh, the leadership and uh, and our attitude overall. Um, you know, pushing through the heat. Questions. This scrimmage give you a meaningful step closer in the quarterback battle? Now, you know, I think, I think any time you scrimmage, like I said last time, it's going to give us great information. You know, sitting here today, I can't tell you any more really than I did last time, but uh, other than the fact we got two scrimmages now and uh, we, we're getting more and more information. And I thought both guys at times, um, you know, did a, did a very solid day today. Like I said, we, we're starting to look like an Auburn offense. We're not there yet. But we're starting to look that you see flashes, and uh, so, like I said, overall, I think both those guys did some good things. And then Cord got, you know, some reps towards the end, and he's a guy that uh, continues to improve too. And you've had several of your top receivers out with yeah. injury these last mm-hmm. two scrimmages. You have backups, and you want someone to stand up. Yeah, is that a little disappointing? And is there anyone that's yeah? Surprised? You know, there's a couple guys that uh, we're, we're just trying to be smart with. That's going to be fine. You know, for the first game, we're trying to develop some depth. Um, you know, J.J. Wilson's a guy that's really stood out so far about um, just, uh, you know, wanting the ball and attacking the ball and really doing a good job overall. And so we really want to give him a look. Zach Farrar, same same type deal. And, you know, it looks like he's improving, you know, each practice too. And then some of our older guys that hadn't started before, the Marquise McLeans and Corsau, we're giving them guys plenty of opportunities because, you know, we're going to need everybody. And um, you know, this is a really way we've been looking at is, is a great opportunity to develop depth. And uh, so they're getting all they want. Seth Williams, uh, you know, he did a good job this week in practice. We're kind of moving him around a little bit. And so, um, like I said, we just got to continue to improve. We got to get more consistent, really just catching the basic balls, I'd say, at this point. Yeah, Uh, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler, we're moving him around. Uh, you know, he's got a unique skill set. So, you know, we've been playing at tight end, H-back, uh, but also we're moving him out wide some. And that's kind of what he did in high school anyway. He's a big body. Uh, he's a guy that needs to take the next step, and, and we told him that. He's a guy that could help us this year. Uh, he's showing flashes, um, you know, of, of being able to do that. And, 
you know, that's going to be a big key. You know, every year we've had a chance to win a championship here. We've had freshmen that uh, that helped us and played big roles in, in big games. And so we've challenged not only him, but we've challenged all those freshmen. You know, we recruited those guys to play. And reality is now they're here, and now they got the opportunity to do it, and they just got to do it. Yes, what did you see from the defense today? Yeah, defense did a good job. Um, you know, defense uh, – you know, you know, what I like is you can tell we're an experienced defense. So let's say today there was a new wrinkle that was a successful play on offense. All right, there's one on my mind today that was an explosive play. Tried to run it, disguise it later in the scrimmage, and they snipped it out. I mean, so it just tells you, like, the veteran group can make an adjustments, which is so important, you know, in the course of games. When you exit preseason camp to get that day break, everybody goes to class. Yeah. When you return to practice on the twentieth, do you want to be like, "This is our starting quarterback"? This is our, our yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to say that today. Uh, kind of like I said at the very first, you know, whenever it is it feels right, and you want to, to be like really clear, um, that's when we'll name it. Now, that'll be two weeks away, and you know, that's when you start school. That's when you really start the emphasis on them. This next week will be a little bit of the first and a little bit of keep developing the finer tuned things. So, you know, I'm not ready to say that yet, but we will have our base plan in uh, for Oregon so we can really start stressing those things. What did you see from your running backs today? Uh, all the running backs scrimmaged. I think all of them, uh, you know, carried the ball. Um, I think we had one ball on the ground, but he got it back. He just kind of hit and kind of got away, and he got it back. Um, but that's what you're looking for. Right, right now, like, we got some talented running backs, and I think anybody, all those guys we got can help us win. But first game, who, who do we trust? Who, who's going to hold on the ball? That's the number one thing. And so that's really what I've been stressing and Cadillac's been stressing. You able to run the football more effectively this game? Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think overall it was like – like I said, it, it was more balanced, and like I said, we're close to start to look like an Auburn offense, so that's being able to throw it and run it, you know, close. We're not there yet, but I saw improvement today, and, you know, that's the encouraging thing, and I'd like to think once we, you know, get our veteran receivers out there, it'll even be a little bit cleaner. How do you balance that when you have a quarterback competition and you're getting closer to game prep yeah. with these receivers here. Yeah, you, you can still see the ball placement. Should the ball be caught? Should it not? Do they throw the ball away when he's covered? Do you catch it where he can catch or nobody can catch? I mean, or, or throw it where he can catch or nobody can catch? I mean, those things you can evaluate. And uh, so, like I said, and there's nothing like a scrimmage getting out there and putting the ball down. Coaches are on the sidelines and down in distance thinking. And then the two-minute situations, too, are also, um, you know, very good information, too. You mentioned Well, I mean, like, he's versatile. I mean, the guy's like, he could play a lot of different positions. He could play a role wide receiver position. He could probably play running back. I mean, he can do a lot of different things, you know. So, you know, but I will say this, uh, you know, the other two H-backs, I mean, the older guys, I mean, you can tell they've improved now. And so it feels good that, you know, we have three of them and we can do a little bit more more things. We may be in 12 personnel a little bit more, you know, so it gives us a little more flexibility and, you know, and so um, that, that's that's a good thing as far as going into the season. How do you think Matthew Hill's done with probably getting a little bit more reps? Yeah, he, he's getting all, he's getting most of the reps with the ones right now, and 
you know, the, there's some good and some things he needs to improve on. I mean, he's one of those guys that we're really needing to take that next step. He showed flashes. He made a couple wild plays, but just we just got to be consistent, you know, consistent with everything that goes on. There's nothing better than getting out there with the ones and, uh, you know, showing what you can do when the pressure's on. Was anyone held out of the scrimmage today? Uh, no, all the offensive guys. Seth Williams was limited. Uh, he did the, he did the, uh, the two-minute, but... Uh, that wasn't if we played today he'd have played if we played a, another team so um, but everybody else played and no one was held out you know we got a couple guys that are a little banged up you know the younger guys and all that that y'all probably saw you know yesterday at practice or the day of practice but um, everybody else the older guys played thanks for listening we'll be back tomorrow this has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.